Hey there, it's Lacey J from Space Bear Media, the makers of Lost in My 40s. Did you know that Space Bear Media also has a YouTube page where you can go to watch a video pre-show before every podcast episode? If you haven't watched it yet, stop, go there, do so, and then come back. Welcome back. We have made it to episode 11 of season one of Lost. You're here with us, me, Lacey, Christy, Ben, Derek, your host for Lost in My 40s. Today is All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. Derek is going to give that episode to us. But first, we have Ben with the power rankings. Where did we end after episode 10? Uh, let's see. We ended with not much movement from the previous week. Kate in first place, Locke in second, and then uh, Sun still in third place with Jack just behind. Um, at the Biggity. bottom, bottom, bottom of the barrel, we've got Shannon. Um, behind her, we've got Sawyer, and then we've got uh, Michael uh, filling out the uh, the bottom of the barrel. Bottom three. All right. The bottom cool. three. Derek. Are you ready to tell us about Jack? Okay, yes. Uh, this is a Jack episode, and um, one of the first episodes, or recent episodes, that doesn't actually open with an eye, mm. but it does open on Saeed's face as he's being, um, as he's laying there in the caves. And Hurley, you know, he shows up, or he's running around, he's flipping out, going crazy, saying Ethan wasn't on the manifest. I think that's when we first find out that he wasn't on the plane because last episode you said someone wasn't on the plane. So then uh, Jack looks around and asks where Charlie is and who went after Charlie, who did, had gone after Claire when she was leaving the caves earlier. And so um, everybody um, gets like um, freaked out and they start running into the jungle looking for her or looking for Charlie and Claire. Yeah, it's definitely an intense moment. Yes. Right, like you know, intense music and running. It's a, it's another one of those Tom Cruise running moments. Yep, Jack and Locker actually running together, and they come across a um, some luggage in the jungle, which it, you know it turns out to be Claire's bag. How did he see that luggage, by the way? Yeah, like, it was pretty covered. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. covered. And they were they were both running like they were both running, and it's just I mean I guess it's Lock once again. He's got his extrasensory perception or something going on, but. Yeah, just wondering. That's a good point. I don't know how you would see that running through the jungle. Right, and they were running pretty fast. It wasn't like like a slow jog or anything. So then we find, you know, then uh, Locke uses his tracking skills and determines there are three sets of tracks. I know, I love it. He's like, all of a sudden can identify the difference between three different sneaker prints. Like, okay, okay. And I think he even said one was a drag, drag marks, like someone is being dragged through the jungle. Yeah. And what I was wondering is like how one guy could drag two people, how Ethan could do that. Oh, did Ethan. you wonder yeah. that? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, interesting. Thetans are helping him. Uh, yes. 
And so they start <laughs> following these tracks, and Locke uh, mentions the others. He actually says the others at that time. Is that the first time those those words are used? I mean, I know we said them. I've said no, them in the podcast. The others. I believe the I believe the French woman said them first. Yeah. Okay, like in the show. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it definitely becomes what they're referred to as. It, it, the others becomes like the the regular vernacular on the yeah. island. Yeah, right. interesting. Okay, they're the unsubs of this show. Oh my god! Okay, you guys, you know what? I really love the show <laughs> Criminal Minds, and I know like, it's not—it's uh, not like great. I mean, it's no, it it's hooked not. me be, because Mandy Patinkin was on the first couple of episodes or uh, seasons, first few seasons, and it hooked me. And Ben will not stop giving me shit about it, and they use you know the term unidentified subject or unsub. So that's a, that's what he's up to right now. I mean, a, a common scene where there was like, well, so the unsub. Met with uh, another unsub, and then they unsubbed on the unsub. Like it's all it's not they what say. It's like the only <laughs> no. word in that entire fucking show is unsub. <laughs> no. Oh my god. And they go they, like hell. every once in a while they don't go. You know this cocksucker did this. No, it's always got to be unsub. It's network TV. It's not Deadwood. Well, that's your that that is your first problem right there. <laughs> all right. Like go on. <laughs> So Jack starts screaming for Claire and Charlie, and Locke says, you know, if they're trying to hide from us, or letting them know where we are by screaming their name isn't a good idea. Prudent. So Locke just basically tells them to be quiet, and we cut to Lost. So then uh, uh, Locke, he wants to actually organize a search party, you know, to search for the, you know, Claire and Charlie and supposedly Ethan, but Jack just wants to run off into the jungle which is what he ends up doing. And um, this is when you start to see this, this sort of this part of Jack, like he he's, he's a noble person, and he, but he also has this like ungovernable, like drive to just keep going no matter what, even if it doesn't make sense, even like he's, this is where you're really starting to see this sort of personality quirk of his that sometimes is not very stubborn. helpful. Very stubborn. He's yeah. Fucking yeah. Stubborn. Yeah. yeah. And we'll see how stubborn he is later, too. Yeah. <laughs> so he asks Locke, which way did he go? And Locke, you know, casually points that that direction. He runs, starts running through the jungle. And then we hear like a beeping, which is, you know, a heart machine. Or, you know, we go to our first flashback. And it's somebody on the operating table. Uh, Jack is performing surgery. And um, she goes into um, like cardiac arrest. They call for, um, you know, crash cart, you know, said something about sewing up an artery. And um, then it cuts over to um, someone, apparently it's his, uh, Jack's dad, Christian, and says, call it, Jack. And this is, you know, Jack's doing CPR. He's, you know, want, you know, he zaps her a few times and she's still not responding. And then again, um, his dad says, call it, call it Jack. And he just, you know, Jack just keeps going. Just won't let it go. He won't, you know, stop doing manual CPR on him. And, um, eventually Jack just says, you call it. Tells his father, you call it. Yeah. It's an inter interesting interaction because I mean, it, it is the doctor's job. The one who's doing surgery. If they lose a patient to call the time of death, 
And, you know, the fact that he's like, well, you call it, it definitely tells you that there's more to this situation than we know at this point. Yeah, because his dad just standing there basically watching. Yeah, he's just chilling. Jack's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Like, just call it, son. It's definitely worth noting that you probably have a higher survival rate in these hospitals if you turn the fucking lights on. Yeah, honestly, why is the OR? That was a very dark, dark. OR. I always yeah, thought they were like <sighs> super bright, and so you could see what you're doing. Yeah, they're supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels it's a like TV it's, thing. It's a TV it thing. Is. When ORs are always really dark, it's yeah. weird. It's like X Files. Every time they're in a hospital or something, it's like this dingy, really, really dark. It's like, do you realize that like surgeons need to like see colors yeah, and see. textures and things like that? They need to see. So yeah. Doesn't I guess it doesn't make it feel nearly as dangerous or as nearly as you know gloomy or whatever if it's all just super bright lights. Yeah. So we cut back to the caves and um, Locke is organizing his uh, search party. Of course, um, Kate wants to go and Boone decides he wants to go. Um, Shannon's not too happy about that. Even brings up something about well, it's not like you can have an Amber Alert. On, the, on this island. Another good singer from Shannon. <laughs> hey, hey you know what? If they get that coconut <laughs> network going, they might be able to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Like the monkeys in the trees. Giving yeah, the amber man. alerts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's picking up their coconuts. They're like, oh. And they want to know how um, how they, you know, how Locke is going to be able to track them. And he tells them that he's going to follow broken sticks. I know. Because what obviously the only sticks about? that get broken in a jungle are when people are being drugged through it. Clearly, nothing else ever disturbs the jungle. The dude can walk bodies. now. So, like, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, we know that. But this, like, <laughs> they, they take his skills oh, yeah. to a hilarious degree. Which yeah. Now he's tracking people by broken sticks in the jungle. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah, how did he learn to be a tracker when he was wheelchair-bound? That's well, that's strange. the thing, right? Like, he wanted to go on the walkabout, and I guess it just sort of implies that he's been, like, studying for this. But I don't... Yeah. I think tracking I through know. the backcountry in a wheelchair is probably not something you can generally do. So, you know, I feel like... Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like it is maybe not even said at this point, but I feel like since he's like he's here and he... He belongs here and like all of these skills and everything are things that he may have wanted before, but he actually has them now. That's kind of what it, that's kind of what it feels like to me with Locke, like his being able to walk and his being able to do all of these things. It's like the embodiment of what he always wanted to be. And now he is. So thanks to the island. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why Locke becomes a true believer, but we got a few episodes before we get there. Yeah. So Walt wants to go as well, you know, bring his dog, Vincent, because he can, you know, you would think you send a dog to sniff the tracks. It makes sense. Makes sense, but Michael. He's not a bloodhound. No, he's not. (laughs) And he's not trained, not trained to do it either. But it it seems like, I I don't know, it couldn't hurt. He might get the scent. I don't know. He might just transform into a killer roller dinosaur, like (laughs) dog creation and eat them all too so i guess there's that yeah and then uh, michael you know being the fine father he is tells walt no you can't go you need to stay here but then um Locke tells michael he doesn't need him either he'll just hold them back which you know kind of pisses michael off which i kind of like that when <laughs> yeah. Locke told michael no you ever seen you've seen the, the life aquatic no never seen what? oh 
the life aquatic where well michael's saying yes, like you know i want to go and he's, and he's and he's like lock is like no you, you guys go the other way and i just can't help but feel like uh he's like uh what's his name um the German, the German guy in the movie, where he's like, oh, "Why do Klaus. I always have to be on? Yeah, why, um, why am I always on B Squad?" Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, you're always on B Squad, but you're the leader of B Squad." Christy, you've seen the Life Aquatic. You watch Wes Anderson movies, don't you? Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, I don't know what Bill you're talking Murray. about, but I did just write it down so that I can. It's a great I movie. I feel like I don't even know you that you haven't seen this movie. <laughs> so weird. All right, well. Yeah, hello, everyone, all the listeners, please write it down. Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou is a great fucking movie. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. We have a huge painting in our house of the uh, ship, the Belafonte, from that movie. Anyways, it has literally nothing to do with anything right now. So Correct. where are we, Derek? Uh, Locke and his party head north, and he tells Michael to organize a party and head south. He does, and he walks away, and he like he leaves Michael standing there looking really kind of awkward, and I get the impression that Michael, he didn't think he was going to do that. It was like Locke called his bluff. Michael's, you know, being all obstinate. Well, I'm going to form my own search party. Locke's Good like, idea. great, head south. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's Good like, job. wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. That was kind of what I got from that from Oh, that yeah, scene. absolutely. Yeah. Right. Or stay here and make shoes. Just go do something, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Be useful, Michael. God damn it. Do some construction or something. <laughs> Seriously. So we get back to uh, Jack. He's kind of aimlessly, you know, running through the field, looking at plants, odd things. Doesn't look like he's almost like he's going in circles. He's and definitely head- going in circles because they like catch up to him out there, don't they? Eventually yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, but- <laughs> then we hit uh, our second flashback and we're back um, in the hospital and the girl that died on the table. Apparently she was in a car accident. And they're covering the body up, and he's standing in the aura with his, Jack is with his father. Yeah, this is highly unusual, by the way. The doctors are not just going to chill out in the OR next to a dead body that nobody's removed from the room just to, like, have a chitty chat. Uh, Yeah, the doctors leave, and they go, hey, you can close up. Well, (laughs) I mean, sort of, but yeah, I mean, if she's... Right, if she's dead, they're not going to stay. Yeah, they'll like, tell the again. intern to stay and fucking deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the little the little things that irk Lacey. <laughs> and make sure when you guys leave, make sure you turn off the lights. Oh, wait. So they're apparently um, his father's upset that Jack barged in on what was to be his surgery. So apparently Christian was going to be was the one who's supposed to operate on this girl after the accident. But what happened was is the nurse had noticed that Jack's father's hands were shaking, and that his dad was the one who probably cut that artery. Well, I think that's perfectly clear. We know we yeah. we realized that that it was his deal. And had he was that the father was at lunch when they called him, so he was apparently drinking as well, which caused his hands to shake and to botch the surgery. Yeah, and that's an interesting um, little exchange that they have too, because what his dad points out is that Jack was on duty and upstairs, but they called him in. Somebody called him in again. Highly unusual would never happen. While he's sitting in, you know, Some a random restaurant. restaurant. Right, right. Like if Jack was the surgeon on duty and he was in the hospital, 
he'd have fucking done the surgery. But point is, like, his dad's trying to to be like, I'm better than you, basically. They have to call me from lunch. Like, yeah. better me doing surgery drunk right. than you doing it. We'll let her you know. sit there and bleed an extra 10 or 15 minutes it takes for me to get to the hospital when I could just called you from upstairs. Yeah. And then Jack does ask his dad, how many drinks did you have at lunch before you came and did surgery? So we go back to the island and they do catch up to Jack because he was running in search. The search party catch up to Jack because <laughs> he was, again, running in circles. <laughs> and then Locke says that he actually hunted with Ethan and that Ethan knows more about tracking than Locke does. Oh, interesting. It's almost like he lives on the island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like he's been there for a while. Mm, imagine that. And, he, you know, he does feel bad about that. He didn't notice all this time he spent with Ethan that, you know, there was nothing off with him, that he wasn't going to become a kidnapper. So he actually wants Jack to go back to the caves and be a doctor. You know, Locke wants to be the tracker and Jack can be the doctor. But of course, Jack won't have any, any of that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Cause you know, Saeed is, you know, in the caves and he's, you know, still you know, wounded from his incident with the French woman. I think uh, Locke says, let me be the hunter or something like that. Yes, that is what he says. Not tracker. He does say hunter. Yeah, hunter. Yeah. Michael ends up leaving Walt with um, Hurley. And I think Hurley makes something, some comment about like he was a warrior himself. No, (laughs) what happened was Walt adores Locke so much that Walt was like, he's a warrior. And then Hurley Uh, says, back home, I'm known as something of a warrior myself. (laughs) <laughs> um are you hurley yeah <laughs> okay that's fine we'll we'll put a pin in that <laughs> come back to it so now we're back on to, back to the jungle and Locke is tearing up a red cloth or shirt and tying it around trees to um keep their line of sight you know, to mark their progress and so whenever they um turn around to come back they know where they're going yeah, because definitely nothing would ever happen to a piece of fabric tied to a tree in the jungle. Right, that wouldn't stick out. And Boone says, um, you can lead us back to camp. This will lead us back to camp, right? Or you can lead us back to camp. And Locke says, yeah, if nothing happens to me. <laughs> so that's when uh, Boone decides to, um, he'll, he'll be the one tearing the shirts and tying them around the trees. He's got a business but after all. Yeah. He does. He always says, I have a business. business. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. Right. So now it's getting later in the day, and um, Jack, uh, Locke wants to take a break, but Jack just wants to keep on pushing on because he's Jack. He's, he's got to save him. And, um, and it seems like they might have kind of lost the trail because uh, Locke just doesn't seem as, you know, uh, like he knows where he's going as good as he was earlier. Well, and he's that's like when, Gandalf in the mines of Moria. I have he no like memory loses of the this scent place. And they all have to, what'd you say, Ben? I have no memory of this place. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> so they all like, they got to stop and take a little breather and wait till they smell the right direction. Right. So then, um, Kate pulls Jack aside, and it's a nice, hot, and sweaty Kate, actually. She's, like, just dripping <laughs> in sweat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jack, um, you know, tells her that he actually feels guilty that he didn't believe Claire 
about someone was trying to, you know, kill the baby and attack her. I guess I would too. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. Locke finds the L that was on Charlie's fingers earlier. You know, it showed that late. He finds it just laying on the ground in the jungle there. So, um, you know, they flash back to that, I believe, at that time. Yeah, it gives you like a little, like a couple little flashes of Charlie writing it on his, on the tape, on his fingers, I guess, in case you forgot that he had done right. that. It was pretty early on. I think it's like the first or second episode. First or second, yeah. Yeah. Such a waste <clears throat> of medical tape. <laughs> True. <laughs> So then they determine, like, did it fall off or is somebody, you know, is Charlie trying to leave a trail for them? They don't know. So then a little further in the jungle, Jack finds the A. Hold on, Derek. I can see that Ben wants to interrupt, and I am going to 100% guarantee that we're going about to get a Lord of the Rings reference. Can I guess what you're going to say? Not not idly mm-hmm. do the leaves of Lorien fall? You got it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's some parallels between dropping, dropping the L tape and, and dropping the uh, leaves from their hobbit capes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Derek. Keep going. So then they get to a point where Locke, and Locke wants to go to the left and Jack wants to go to the right because Jack believes that to the right, that's where the trail is leading with the letters but Locke says he thinks he sees footprints going to the left. So um, they decide to uh, split up. And um, so Kate and Jack go to the right. Locke and Boone go to the left. And I think they question at that point that maybe it's not me. I almost said maybe it's not Pippin, but he's not even Pippin. He's Mary. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe it's not Charlie leaving like the yeah. the clues or whatever but that it's actually ethan and he's gonna double back and get lead them. him in, lead him into a bushwhack or or yeah. uh just confuse the trail so then we go to we cut to uh walt and sawyer they're like in the jungle somewhere and walt is explaining to sawyer that um ethan took charlie and claire and walt said that ethan lied about his name and um, that it's stupid to lie about your name, which kind of ironic talking to Sawyer. Yeah, since, Sawyer you know, that's smirks. not his real name. Yeah, he smirks at that. He thinks that's funny. And then Walt also tells him that there are other people on the island, you know, other than the, than them. And I can just it cuts to Sawyer's face, and he's like, "Uh, really?" Kind of almost like a nervous laugh. Yeah, he makes a funny comment where he's like, "Oh yeah, sure, maybe there's like others, and they've infiltrated the camp and." kidnapping people which is like he's joking but it's exactly what happened happened. (laughs) right so we're back to um wait can i stop you i do love in this particular scene where walt tells sawyer that saeed's back and he's like i'm getting the evening news from a (laughs) six-year-old i'm (laughs) 10 10. oh then it must be true then yeah yeah that was really funny um it was a cute scene and it was it was funny that they uh had wrote in this scene between Sawyer and Walt sort of like an unexpected conversation and it yeah. Was yeah very sweet so we're back to uh Boone and Locke and they're tying on more of the red fabric and that's when um the red shirts um from Star Trek they start talking about that and Boone doesn't I mean Boone is the one telling the story about you know red shirts you know they usually the ones that end up dying 
in the episodes. And um, Locke doesn't really, I don't think Locke said he ever watched Star Trek, which is kind of strange. Yeah, he doesn't seem to, to understand the reference. And I'm just actually annoyed that Boone is saying things that make me like him. Right. <laughs> I, li- I like, I, but I like what, what Locke said there. He just says, sounds like a piss poor captain. You know what? Let me tell you something. John Luke Picard is one hell of a fucking hard working. Yeah, I don't think man. they were talking. I don't think they were talking about him. I think the red shirts typically died in the original Star Trek. Right. Yeah, that I guess that's a, true. But it, tells, Kirk. it, it yeah. shows you how old I am that I immediately yeah. went to. Picard. Yeah, most of the security folks, like if the the security people on the that went down to the planet, would generally be wearing yellow uniforms. Oh, see. You oh, now I've got me? a song in my head. Is it about yellow uniforms? No, it's <laughs> about Captain Jean Luc Picard and the United Federation of Planets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what? The banditos. Yeah, I know which one exactly when you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Give your right, ID well, card to the border, to the border guard. guard. Says, <laughs> he says you read it. It says you're Captain Jean-Luc Picard of yeah. the United Federation of Planets. Because they don't speak English anyway. Good job. Because everybody knows that the world is, full, world of is full of stupid, stupid people. people. You never heard that song. You are everybody. <laughs> That's all my right. contribution. That's all I got. Yeah, right. uh, I used to listen to that album, that um Refreshments album all the time. It's called Fizzy Fuzzy oh. Big and Buzzy. That's the name of the album, yeah. by the way, in case you ever want to look it up. <laughs> so then um, Boone asks Locke, well, what did you do in the real world? And, you know, Boone is probably thinking, though, Hitman, some kind of exciting job like that. But then uh, Locke replies. He does list taxidermist, though. He's like Hitman <laughs> or taxidermist. Yeah. <laughs> kind of straight, yeah. Which is interesting. But yes. Okay. And Locke says he was the regional collection supervisor at a box company. I know. What and kind Boone of box? is like, yeah, right. <laughs> well, like, that's <laughs> really so funny. boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut to uh, Kate and Jack, and she they look like they're kind of lost. Um, and, uh, oh, that's where we need the soundboard right there. Yep. <laughs> and it turns out Kate, uh, she says that she's uh, not as good of a tracker as Locke is, of course, which causes Jack to ask, well, where did you learn how to track while you were on the run? And it turns out it was because her father was in the army. I think it was an army ranger that they would go hunting for hours on end and that's where she he taught her how to track deer yeah she said he was stationed at fort lewis which is just south of ben and i yeah Uh, just south i mean it's a little bit of a drive but compared to the rest of the planet it's fairly close to where we are (laughs) another observation though is like what jack said was kind of ridiculous um was it being on the run that made her a good tracker being on the run doesn't make you a tracker no. Being on the run yeah. means you're running. You're not looking, you know, you're not looking for somebody else. You're just trying I to get away. I had that thought too. So. The only thing I could think is like maybe if you if you Cover had the tracking tracks. Yeah, if you had the tracking skills, then you would have evasive skills, or you could figure out if somebody was tracking you, I suppose. Sure. But yeah, I had that thought too, or it's like, mm, I feel like I'm not, a run. Not <laughs> something your track. Not something you're probably gonna do a lot of on the job learning. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we get to our third flashback of the episode, and Jack walks into his father's office, and it looks like his father was filling out the like 
post-operator, maybe post-mortem report now, and he wants Jack to sign it, basically saying that they made a heroic effort to save the patient, but due to her massive injuries, they couldn't. And Jack tells him that he should never have been, his father should never have been in the OR because he was drunk. And his father says, I think, um, I know my limits. So obviously it's okay to have a few drinks before you perform surgery. Right. Let's stop right here. Excuse me, Dr. Christian Shepard. But the limit for alcohol while performing surgery is zero. (laughs) There's no no leeway here. Should should dive into (laughs) that name too. Should dive into his name at some point. Christian Shepard. I mean, wow. Yeah. Symbolism backed into that one. (laughs) Absolutely. But uh, Jack won't sign it because he knows it's, you know, covering up the truth. So then his dad, I remember his dad said, like, well, if you write a separate report that's opposite of mine and mentions anything about drinking or alcohol, he'll lose his license. And this is basically his whole life. Yeah. I think one thing Jack said here was like, you know, he explained everything and you signed this. And Jack said, it looks like you fixed everything but the patient. Yep. Yeah. Which I thought a was a comment. That's great. Well, I mean, it's dead on too. Yeah. Yeah. So then he's, because dad probably realizes that Jack is going, not going to sign it. So he gives him the old, I was, you know, a bad father because that had to make me a great surgeon, you know, puts the old hand on the shoulder, father, son, you know, just basically like, come on, son, just do this one time. Well, and this is like the title of the episode is All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. And this is kind of what Christian is laying on Jack is, you know, um, I was an awful father, but it toughened you up. You know, it made you a good it made you a good surgeon. And it's like so fucked up this moment where his dad is basically asking him to throw ethics out the window and cover up the murder of a woman, essentially. And uses guilt as like a uses like a guilt trip about you know the the way he was raised and stuff as a weapon against him it's really fucking mental and it's terrible mental abuse on christian's uh part definitely and that's and that's sort of like the 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 core of sort of like toxic masculinity that's really where it comes (laughs) from is this idea that like you know you have to you know he even said it he's like you have to turn soft metal and i turn soft metal into steel and it's just like there's this idea that, uh, you know, that as a man or, you know, as a boy growing up that you have to get toughened up in order to be really, really good at something, which I don't really think that there's probably any evidence to suggest that that's true. Um, mm-hmm. It's just back in the it, stone age or something, you know, but possibly. Yeah. But like, I think hunters, it's just, well, now it's a hindrance it's a, to, now it's to a boys rationaliz- and men that, yeah. that can't deal with their emotions. Because yeah. It's a rationalization that the fathers use. Well, that's how I was raised pretty much. I don't oh, yeah. have much emotions, you know, because, you know, boys yeah. don't cry. Yeah. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. We Definitely shouldn't be doing that experience to yeah. uh, the, our men in society. It's terrible. But yeah, that's essentially the argument that he's making. Yeah. Ben. Yeah, babe. Got any special occasions coming up that you need a card for? Is this a trick question? No, it's an advertisement. Is this about barbcards.com again? Bingo. 
So I suppose you're going to remind me that each handmade card is only a dollar fifty. Mm-hmm. And they don't come with busy backgrounds or flowery poetry. You got it. Barbcards.com offers to-the-point communication within several different categories, including our favorite, potty mouth. And if you can't find what you want, barbcards.com can do customizations. Can I still get all of my cards for no more than $4 shipping, no matter the size of the order? You know it. Barbcards.com has got all you need. Hey, Ben. Oh, my God. What are we selling now? Merch. Our merch? Yes, sir. Shirts, coffee mugs, wine tumblers, bottle openers, stickers, magnets, and more. Your choice of product and your choice of Space Bear Media Graphic from any of our podcasts. Please tell me we're not making merch now, too. (laughs) Of course not. We'll stick to podcasts and Pixis products will do the rest. Thank God. I bet you have more to say, though. Sure do. Pixis Products is a small business run by a local mom, but local to us anyway, who needed something else to do besides being a snack bitch. A what? A snack bitch, also known as a mom with a young child. There's still more, isn't there? Yepers! Pixis Products works with other small businesses for supplies, art, and other collaborations at every opportunity, including ours. In fact, Pixis Products even gave Space Bear Media our own storefront on their site. You can find us at shopspacebear.com. Say what? You heard me. Go to shopspacebear.com and buy something. So Christian, you know, he promises, son, this will never happen again if you sign it. This, you know, if you sign it. And uh, I remember he said, um, he goes, it's not just his career; it's his life. Yeah, he did so say that. Yeah. Jack signs it. So then we go back to the caves, and Said is, you know, resting on, you know, laying on the ground, you know, healing up from his injury, and Sawyer shows up. And um, so you're thinking, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, Said is kind of in a prone position there. And I remember he said something, Sawyer said something stupid, like, I don't know about your Islams have the concept of karma. Yeah, he did. You <laughs> Islam. completely wrong. You Islams. Fucking <laughs> just fucking terrible. Oh, man. <sighs> and Sawyer says he should beat him up, you know, because no one's around to see it. And then that's when Saeed tells Sawyer about being held prisoner and that there's others on the island and that she killed her whole team because they were sick. And Sawyer asks a few questions and um, he asks, you know, do you believe it? And he goes, I'm, uh, maybe I do, maybe I don't, but that he's heard the whispers in the um, forest when he was walking. And then Sawyer, you know, I think he had some kind of tool in his hand, maybe pliers. I was thinking, you know, what's he going to do here? Maybe get a little revenge for what happened earlier. That's what it looked like. But he just puts the pliers down and mentions that he's been keeping the fire burning on the beach. So then we go to uh, Walt and Hurley and they're playing backgammon on the beach. 
And Walt is uh, very lucky at this game, apparently, because every time he like calls for certain numbers, I think he asks for a seven first, and he blows on the dice like three or four times. <clears throat> and he's basically kicking Hurley's ass. And um, Hurley does mention that does mention that um, he finished seventeenth uh, in a in a uh, backgammon tournament. Which, I don't know why they had backgammon tournaments and how you'd finish seventeenth. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, and Walt is like not impressed. He thinks that doesn't sound so good. He's like, "Well, you know, I assure you, it is." Which I guess if it's some like international competition, seventeenth is not bad. Yeah. But- yeah, if you did like a county competition and it was out of like twenty people, <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> and then we find out that um, says Walt is the luckiest person his dad ever knew. But then he says, uh, Walt says Brian, his other dad. So apparently, might have been his stepfather or something when he was in Australia before mm-hmm. Michael picked him up. And then Walt continues to beat Hurley's ass. That's, and I think he wins the game. And then Hurley says he has to go for a meeting. Because I guess, you know, doing the census and being the mayor, you have meetings. I know, it's great. <laughs> right, yeah, he is the mayor. He's acting and- very, like, official now. <laughs> yeah. <have> meetings. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got time. Gotta go. Let me tap on my And Walt's like, sundial. you owe me $20,000. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, where'd that come from? Like, what money? I mean. Yeah, Hurley's like, I'm good for it. You know, I got yeah, a meeting. I'll be good for it. I'm the mayor. You know, I can print it eventually. I have a printing prep. You know what? I didn't really say I'm good for it, but that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. If I'm going to have to earmuff Derek if I say any more, but uh, that's yeah, awesome. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> so stay tuned, Derek. Episode okay. eight, 18, I think. You'll you'll find out why that's hilarious. <laughs> so we're back to uh, Lock and Boone, and they've been kind of not finding any new leads. And I find out that Locke's actually been following his gut and not the broken sticks. So this is when we... I don't know why that's so funny the way you put that. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Because that's tracking 101, following broken sticks. Yeah, oh my God. So this is when we finally find out what Boone's business is that he's running. And it's something to do with wedding planning or something. And his, I remember he said his mother was the Martha Stewart of matrimony. Yes, that is what he said. I don't know. Was that before or after she was put in prison? I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. When yeah. the show aired? Martha Stewart, yeah. Um, I, uh, hang on. It happened in 2004. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. wow. So she was sent to prison like the year that this uh came out which means this was already written and filmed and like ready to go and then she was arrested and went to because she had the trial and everything would have been happening as like this was airing oh how funny interesting winky dink (laughs) well there we go so Locke uh, tells Boone just to go back to camp and he'll continue searching and he'll say this is interesting he said it was it will rain in one minute and in one minute it starts pouring it seems that's how these rainstorms happen on this island. It's like one second it's dry, the next second it's just all hell breaks loose. That's that's not uncommon on tropical islands or in like when you get into lower latitudes as well. Like you you find the same thing in Mexico. Like it'll be it's nothing. It's not even then, uncommon in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. thunderstorms just out of the blue. Yeah. yeah. The sky just opens up. Yeah. But five minutes later, it's totally yeah. sunny. sunny and beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And humid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So then we cut to Kate and Jack, who are also getting drenched, which Kate being drenched is not a bad thing. Nope. And then they find, um, I think they find another sign of Charlie, and then they hear screaming. And um, they start climbing up this big root or vine at the side of a big old hill, and they're going up, you know, Kate doesn't want to go, but, you know, Jack is still going to keep on going, doing his thing, and they're about halfway it kind of seems like even like she doesn't hear the screaming because I think he actually yeah. says, you oh. know, didn't didn't you hear her? And and I, so I think it's implied that that Jack is is the one hearing this and she is not. We don't know why that would be the case, but um, I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. So halfway up the hill, you know, because it's wet and raining, he slips and rolls all the way back down to the bottom. You know, he's kind of stunned laying on the ground and looks up. And who does he see? Ethan creeper. Yes. Yep. And then Ethan just puts his boot right on Jack's chest, like really hard and says, um, don't, you know, if you don't stop following me, I will kill one of them. Do you understand? And then that's when Jack didn't have, won't, won't have anything of that and grabs his foot and they start fighting. Yeah. Ethan have a good, grabs him by the ankle and just and twists like, it off. Twists him and throws him onto the fucking ground and he's doing this from a laying down position i'm like jack yeah. maybe he does like jujitsu or some kind of you know yeah, if he did jujitsu like, he would have he would have fared far better in the rest of the oh, fight yeah. <laughs> maybe he just went to one class you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. off your chest <laughs> <laughs> i was pretty i was pretty impressed by that move even if it's the only one he has it was nice and what surprised me, though, is Ethan doesn't look very strong or tough. You know, has a very punchable he face, will. like Ben has said, but he can fight. And he he yeah. whoops the shit out of Jack. Jack. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely beats the fuck out of him. And then he kicks him and says, um, no more warnings. So that's actually, you know, kind of foreboding of what's going to happen. Because he said, like, if you don't stop, we're going to kill one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we flash back to the hospital again, and he's... Um, walking down the hallway and he sees his father talking to um, some man who's obviously distraught and asked the nurse who it is. And she says, well, it's the husband of the woman who died on the operating table and he's threatening to sue, which is always a big fear of doctors, I guess. It's also would be strange that he'd be like chilling in the hallway, having a conversation with the doctor that he was going to sue. I feel like one of the first things your counsel is going to tell you. Lawyer up. Yeah. Don't Don't go talk to the doctor. You talk to me, your attorney, but whatever. Plus, if he wanted to have that conversation with him, he'd probably have to sit in the waiting room for like an hour first. (laughs) And then 30 minutes later, after he was supposed to meet him, he'd come back and say, Oh, you wanted to talk. You wanted to sue me. All right. Anyways, sorry. Go ahead, Derek. Well, something I, I noticed was like the father was trying to comfort, you know, the husband and that pisses Jack off because he knows what really happened in that OR. Yeah. And he puts his arm on the guy's shoulder the same way he did yeah. on Jack's. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. And and it's just it's a mirror image of that. And yeah. and so it's like Jack, I think, realizes, oh, this is his. I'm going to manipulate everybody. you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is his move. You know, the the fake compassion sort of thing. Right. And you can see it in Jack's face where he's like, you son of a bitch. Yep. So back to the island, Kate comes, you know, finds Jack, you know, ass kicked. And Jack says Ethan was there, and Kate tries to get her to st- uh, Jack to stop, but then Jack says, "No, I'm not going to do that. Not again." 
something like that. I'm not going to let him do this. Not again. Yeah, he does. He's kind of weird. Well, I think it feels like, um, it feels like if he can stop Ethan, then it's redemption. If he can stop Ethan now, it's sort of redemption for not stopping his father uh, before yes. he killed someone. Right. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that's why it sort of slips out where, yeah, he says, I'm not letting him do this. Not again. And you know that these realities yeah. are kind of getting mixed up in his head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then we flash back to a, it's like a board here. You're some kind of hearing about, you know, the botched surgery and his father's giving his testimony and, you know, you can see Jack the whole time. He's very uncomfortable about it. And, um, but then just at the very end, the last question they ask is, did you know that she was pregnant? Yeah. And um, Jack is like completely stunned by it. Like, I guess they didn't know she was pregnant. Maybe it was very early on. And um, when they're about to, in the meeting, Jack uh, says, wait, I got to revise my statement. And it cuts to his father and his father knows he's fucked. You know, that Jack's going to change his mind. And he does tell him the truth that, you know, by the time he got to the OR, his dad was in- incapacitated. You know, he was drunk and he's the one who cut that artery and caused the patient to die. This is a pretty wild scene. Like the look that comes on uh, over Jack's face when he realizes that his father knew he was about to operate on a pregnant woman while he was intoxicated is super fucking intense. And then just like put yourself in his situation. He is, you know, just only by way of doing the right thing, being an ethical person, he is destroying his father. Like, you know, I mean, I know Christian brought it upon himself, but I just, I can't imagine what that moment would be like were it real. Yeah, and it just shows, you know, Jack just looking at his father like, you know, I'm done. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. he's looking at him at this kind of like, I can't believe you fucking made me do this. You know, put me in this position. What the hell? Um, which he's right about. Like, it's just completely fucked that his father would ever expect him to cover up a murder, essentially. Yeah. So then we come back to the jungle and Jack and Kate are, are running and they they come around a, a bend and they find Charlie hanging from a tree. And he's like wrapped in something, you know, his eyes are covered up and he looks like he's dead. You know, usually if you're hanging, because it looks like I think there's something wrapped around his neck as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's neck around his neck, around his eyes. And then he just seems to be in some kind of like netting or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's, it's like, like it's like dead vines or something. Is yeah, that's that what, what it, looks it is? Like. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought it looked like rope, but that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Looked like it took a long time to get that all wrapped around him, too. Yeah. I, I yeah. was, I was well, wondering learned- about, about Ethan's handiwork there. I was like, how do you yeah. get him up in the tree? How did you get all this? Like, it, it almost looked like something out of, like, True Detective, like, where he had posed him there, and it was kind of right. fucking creepy. Well, what you learn in later episodes is that Ethan does have super speed. Um, and so that's how he wrapped him up. Look at uh, look at Derek's face. He's trying to figure out if I'm serious. Because <laughs> 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 it's lost and it's this fucking island, and there's no there's, well, there's no telling. Polar bears, so I guess a, whether a or not human can have super speed. <laughs> super speed. That was amazing. Your face was like, oh. <laughs> all right. Just kidding. Keep going. So uh, Kate <laughs> climbs the tree, and Jack, you know, is supporting him. So if he is, you know hanging it's not you know still choking him and they finally are able to cut him down and charlie does look dead i mean he's pale he's white you know he's 
you know, Jack pulls all the stuff off his face and says he's not breathing. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> and so he starts doing CPR on him. And Kate's, you know, uh, Kate's crying, holding Charlie's hand. And um, he's doing this, you know, the manual CPR like he did, you know, in the operating room. And eventually Kate tells him to stop, but he's not. In fact, instead of stopping, he starts pounding his chest. I mean, punching it hard. I didn't know CPR. He did that. You don't. I was thinking breaking you the sternum. Seriously. Ribs, you know. No. If, it, if you ever have to give anyone CPR, do not fucking punch them in the heart. This is not how it works. I think they learned how to do it from um, Bud in the Abyss. Oh, yeah. Same kind of scene. Virgil, you you wiener. You walked away from a fight in your life, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It is like the same scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's totally fucking unnecessary, and it's really just, you know, dramatic. And even Kate's starting to get tired of it. She's like, wow. You know, she starts crying and... Yeah, I was, that's what I was going to say. Like, with Kate, I mean, she's really... It's a great scene for her, just as an actress. Evangeline Lilly kills this scene. Like, she is breaking my heart watching her watch this happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, even yeah. I was like, okay, Jack, you know, I, mean, I know you're trying to save him, but yeah. I, I think he's dead, and if he's not, you're beating him to death. He's, yeah. he's going to be yeah. so bruised. Yeah. I said, like, <laughs> even, if you, yeah, even if you save his life, he ends up dying of blunt force trauma or intra-bleeding yeah, later, later on. broken and... Yeah, seriously. Oh. But as expected, after, you know, punching him, I don't know, 20, 30 times... All of a sudden, Charlie gasps and he's alive. There's like beating somebody it's to so death, dramatic. and then there's beating somebody to life. And I, yeah, I didn't even know the latter did, existed. To life. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, you know, Jack say, breathe, you know, breathe deeply and all that. And Charlie, you know, he kind of looks like he's in shock, you know, I guess being beaten from the dead. And he's like, I can't <laughs> breathe. My chest really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> My lungs are <laughs> collapsed. Stop hitting me. <laughs> So then we get back to the caves. Um, Charlie's sitting around, sitting in a fire, so it looks like it's nighttime, which I did see. This is day 17 on the island, by the way. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you for that update. So um, apparently Charlie's in some kind of shock because he hasn't said anything since he's been back. Because I think Walt tells um, Michael that when they come back from their failed expedition to the south. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michael failed at something. Damn. Right, and they, it doesn't even get any airtime. It was like I, Michael walks Real out quick. of the caves. Michael comes back to the caves. That's it. We were on an expedition. All right, we're great, on an Michael. So Jack's you know doing the doctor thing and looking at his neck, and you can see like there's there's wounds on there where he was choked, and asked him how his breathing is, and like does it hurt? And Charlie's just still just you know staring straight you know into whatever. And um, he's in a fugue state. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, totally un, the, the unsub obviously used rope, you could tell because of Jesus the ligature marks. Fucking Christ. <laughs> I can like that show if I want to like that show. I'm 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 just explaining what 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 happened. Okay. Unsub. So um Jack says, Well, as soon as you know it's day, you know, as soon as next day sun's out, we'll start looking for Claire and that they need his help too, because we need everybody looking for her. And um Charlie finally says he didn't see or hear anything and doesn't remember anything, which that seems to happen in the, in that Island. People just, something attacks them, but they don't see it or hear it. Well, and it also happens in, in trauma, you know, in a traumatizing event, you do lo- tend to lose like, you know, memory that can happen 
Yeah, but, I'm very aware yeah. of that one. Yes, oh, I yeah. know. You and I have <laughs> talked about that. Yes. Um, so it's true. <laughs> yes, for the other listeners, uh, if you want to go to one of Space Bear Media's other podcasts, Zero Shame Stories, Derek is episode 12, I think. 12, I think, and, yeah. Uh, we talk about when he uh, was the victim of of an attack and a trauma. Um, but yeah, I think I think that could be part of it um but then also you know he's just he's just in complete shock like it's hard to communicate oh definitely shock right so at that, at that moment he's still super out of it but anyway but then he says something that's interesting he said claire that's all they wanted all they wanted was claire so you know ethan is the one who kidnapped them but he says they which i found kind of interesting he does say they, and I mean, gives you that tidbit of information. It's like, yep. why specifically Claire? Hmm. Why specifically Claire? What's yes. different about Claire? Hmm. Anyway, maybe some baby or something. <laughs> <laughs> the dingoes ate my baby. Oh, I thought I thought it was for her skills with tarot cards. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it uh-huh. could be. She's like, finally, somebody here who can do a reading. God, <laughs> we're on an island. It's really fucking boring. She yeah. wasn't the one doing the readings, though. No, she did it earlier, didn't she? Say she was, she'd do somebody's reading, and she asked Kate, like, "Hey, can I oh, do?" Oh, your- she did. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Right. Oh, her astrology reading. Her astrology yeah, reading. Yeah, that's not tarot cards. It's yeah. different, but yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's whatever. All woo. Yeah, <laughs> all part of the same cauldron of shit. <laughs> cauldron of shit. <laughs> I love that. So then Shannon does something very surprising. She's talking to Kate and she's actually worried about Boone that he isn't back yet because it's dark. For once, (laughs) Shannon cares about something other than herself. Well, she probably needed something from him. Yeah. He has my chapstick, (laughs) that son of a bitch. Where the hell is he? Where's that bug spray? So then we we go back to Locke and Boone, and it's in the. Well, wait, their back. Kate Kate does say something important uh, to her that she's sure that Boone is safe because he's with Locke. So she's like, sure, she, uh. like people are, you know, they're starting to see Locke as somebody who is capable, maybe worth Doing following, on or yeah, yeah, like able to to take care of himself, and maybe you if you're if you're with him. Um, so that's an important moment that she's noticed that that as well. So yeah, when he's not using you for boar bait. <laughs> Well. <laughs> <Charlie>. <laughs> so then we cut back to Locke and Boone and they're they're still in a jungle. It's getting dark and Boone actually wants to go back now. And um, so then Boone decides to turn back and Locke says, well, you should have you should have the flashlight, you know, because it's dark and he throws it to him. Locke or Boone doesn't catch it. It drops to the ground and it hits. It makes some kind of metallic sound. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Which, you know, I was thinking first it might be plane wreckage, but when you look at it, it's it's been there for a while. It's almost covered with the underbrush. And so they start, you know, kind of clearing it out, and Locke clears away more of it, and it's pretty big, whatever it is. It's the hatch. <laughs> you just couldn't stop yourself. Because <laughs> Boone I'm asked, so what excited. is it? And, of course, they're like, I don't know. Yeah, they and don't even then, say it's the hatch in this. You no, just no, totally- no, that was me. That was me saying yeah. it. I had forgotten that that this moment came at the end of this episode, and we ran into it, and I was just like, yes! And I was so excited to see what Derek had to say about the discovery 
And so I'm like bursting at the seams. I could tell. I could and tell. so they said they were going to find their block says, well, we're going to, that's what we're going to find out what this is. And then the episode ends. Yeah. Screw Claire. Yeah, Claire who? We want to know what this piece of metal is. Yeah. She's gone. <laughs> she dead. I'm not yeah. worried about it. What is this? <laughs> All right, guys. Um, yeah, so today... That was a good episode. It is a good episode. Oh, yeah, the ending is great. And that's a couple endings in a row. The first they hit you with the creepy Ethan at the end, and then they hit you with the... With the hatch yeah, that we don't know it's the name of the <laughs> Yeah, but I mean those are those are two pretty bold endings um in a, in episodes in a row. Well you um, have to almost have to have those endings, like because they have to use that music where it's like and it kind of comes to an end. <laughs> you imagine them doing that where they're doing like a mo- they're doing like a montage and that, that music comes on and it's just like Walt playing with his dog, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shaking his coconuts from the tree. Shaking his coconuts from the tree. All right. So um, today's fun fact, um, I'm pulling from the scene between Walt and Hurley, which I thought was great. Again, any little mini scene aside that has Hurley in it turns out to be fucking amazing. Uh, So they were playing backgammon. So we're going to talk today a little bit about backgammon. Backgammon is one of the oldest games in existence. Uh, right next to chess. It's probably about 5,000 years old. And we don't know for sure, but it is thought to have originated in Mesopotamia, which we know uh, today as Iraq. Locke said uh, all of this during huh? the... Locke said all of this. He said all of this in that yes. episode? Yes. When he would... No, in, in the episode where he was showing um, Walt backgammon. Yeah. Son of he, a bitch. Was yeah, I high? He was like, Did I you know, miss the old, that? Maybe. I don't know. He's like, you know, it's the oldest game in the world. It's 5,000 years old. Mesopotamia. I remember saying Mesopotamia. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Son of a bitch. All right, let's see if any of my... <laughs> 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 oh, wait, are we, li- are we leaving this yeah, in the yeah, episode? Yeah, no. I mean, I was going to. Until you question it like that. I don't have another fact, babe. I, you want to just like pause and, <laughs> while I get on the internet and look up other no. facts? No. Nope. All right. Well, then the fucking facts are backgammon. And for those of you uh, like myself, I was reminding you of the things that Locke said <laughs> when you were probably stoned and not paying attention. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. Um, here, uh, some of the way that we know how far back games and things like that can uh, go is... Um, how we find them in like works of literature and art and things like that. And so um, the game of uh, backgammon was mentioned in uh, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales and also in Shakespeare's Love's Labor's Lost, which I thought was interesting. Those are two of the ways we have dated this game. Um and it was first appeared in print in 1645, and we don't know for sure where the actual name came from, but if you uh, break down Middle English, um, Middle English is, well, it looks really like backgammon is how you would read it, but it's spelled B-A-E-C, 
G-A-M-E-N. And so it somehow comes from that. And I guess we're not sure really why. Um, and, you know, I really, oh, here's a fact that we didn't, uh, wasn't included in <laughs> the actual fucking dialogue of the show. Uh, the game, <laughs> the game was very popular for many centuries and it fell out of favor during the Roaring Twenties, um, because that's when people, at least here in the United States, it fell out of favor here. I don't, you know, it could be played every other places uh, still. But in the United States, it fell out of favor in the 1920s because it was thought to be too slow of a game and nothing that you could make quick bets on. And everybody was gambling in the 1920s. Isn't oh, that interesting? Interesting. Yeah. See, did I redeem myself? You did. <laughs> yes, you did. Right. Oh, good grief. Um, let's talk about best and worst moments. How about Christy? You, you start with us. Yeah. My best moment is another Hurley moment. Oh my gosh. (laughs) When he's, uh, you know, when Walt is like talking about Locke and he's like, he's a warrior. And Hurley says back home, I'm known as something of a warrior myself. I'm like, what? What does that mean? I don't even know Hurley, but I love you anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I just adore Hurley. Um, Worst moment, when Jack was, like, beating the fuck out of Charlie's chest. That was really hard to watch. Um, And and Kate crying during that scene was really hard. Yeah, that was an intense scene. Those are my best and worst moments. How about yours, Derek? Uh, My best moment actually was when Jack was beating on Charlie because he wasn't giving up to save his life. Well, that's okay. what I got from him. Yeah, it was a tough moment to watch. I mean, even I was cringing, like, okay, dude, you know what I mean? There's, <laughs> he's dead. Call but it. <laughs> glad he didn't. Yeah, call it. I'm glad he didn't give up. Uh, my worst moment was um, Christian being drunk and killing the pregnant woman. Yeah, that's pretty he knew bad. He, was drunk. he knew he was drunk and he still did it. And Yeah, finding out her. that she was pregnant. Like, right. That's just a dick punch right there. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin. Oh, my favorite is when uh, Boone is about to go back and um, Locke throws the flashlight to him and it falls to the ground. It goes thong because the hatch like that's just that's just a fun moment. Um, My least favorite moment was probably when uh, it's kind of shared in the same moment. And Lacey, you mentioned this earlier, but like when when Christian like, you know, puts his hand on his, on Jack's shoulder and basically starts buttering him up saying, you know, I toughened you up, blah, blah, blah. And then he sees his father do that. It's that exact same thing to the, to the dead woman's husband. Um, those to me are just like it, it, it to me, it's the same, it's the same moment, right? You're just witnessing mm-hmm. it from a different perspective. And I, I think it's fucking despicable. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I have two best moments. Um, the first one is when Jack does the right thing. Um, I would have also turned in my father or any one of you motherfuckers who thought it was okay to operate on a woman after you'd been drinking. Hey, you were um, buying. <laughs> so, but, but, um, I, I, my I, think, limits. <laughs> I think it's a great, I think it's a great moment of, of, um, just showing that, you know, sometimes making the ethical choice is hard. Um, and then of course, uh, my second best moment is when they find the hatch. 
I was so excited. I didn't see it coming. I completely forgot that it came at the very end of an episode and I wasn't expecting it. And I was just so fucking excited. And I'm just so excited that we're doing this and to go on this journey again. I love this fucking show. All right. So I'm I'm actually amazed at how much I'm I'm, I didn't remember and how much I'm sort of like, oh, this is what happened. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um. My worst moment is Jack beating the fucking bejesus out of his chest. I can see it from Derek's point of view being a best moment as well. But, I mean, for me, it was just like, Jesus Christ, stop. For, yeah. Just stop. Um, all right. So, uh, best and worst characters. I'll just start with myself since I'm already yapping. Um, I do have Jack as the best character. Um, he made a really tough ethical choice, uh, but he did the right thing, I thought. And the worst character is Christian because he is the literal opposite of that. <laughs> um, and we should be able to trust uh, people that work in medicine. And he should have more dignity and ethics than than that. Um, which is also why I'm killing Christian this week. <laughs> and <laughs> so fuck you, Christian. Um, but I am so excited by the end of this uh, episode that this week I will be fucking uh, both Locke and Boone on top of the hatch. <laughs> yikes. Yikes. All right. Uh, yikes. Okay. Great. It's a good yeah. fucking plan. When was actually revealed to be called a hatch, though? Uh, the, uh, Five minutes ago when she let it slip. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it's, um, it, does, it does pretty quickly. They start calling it the hatch i'm assuming i think it's the next episode or two uh whenever we get back to that plot line um it it does be called that um so sorry i I had let that out of the cat out of the bag but i was way too fucking excited so let that cat out of the hatch yeah exactly uh (laughs) derek who are your best characters worst characters fucking and killing and all that stuff uh, my best character was Jack for doing the right thing. You know, I'm sure it's kind of, I mean, I can, it'd be pretty hard to do that with your father, especially. I mean, but, you know, he did, he did do the right thing. And uh, my worst character is Ethan, just for, you know, almost killing Charlie and kidnapping Claire. He's a piece of shit. Um, I want to fuck Kate this week because she just looks so hot going through that jungle. You know, both sweaty, <laughs> sweaty, and getting drenched by the rain. That's she like just, the, that's the entire oh theme God. of the show, right there. Like yes, hot, sweaty Kate and drenched walking, Kate. Yeah, walking through the jungle, Kate. And I'm gonna oh kill Christian just because he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he is yeah. a piece of shit. I'm thinking on the Facebook page we need to uh, vote. We need to take a poll. Hot Kate, hot and sweaty Kate versus uh, wet and drenched Kate. We'll get some photos up. Yeah. 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 Derek! (laughs) (laughs) Might have to go take care of my coconuts. (laughs) 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 Oh, fuck. All right. Uh, Christy, what are your what are your rankings? Uh, My best character is Locke. Um, Jack was a close second for me, but I went with Locke was my close second. So yeah. Yeah. Um, my worst is Ethan because he's, he tried to kill Charlie. That's not good. Um, I will fuck Jack and kill Ethan. All right. Benjamin, give us your rankings and then can you update us on the overall? I can. Yes. Um, top choice, Jack, just because he's Jack doing Jack things. Um, (laughs) 
you know, the, the worst, uh, it's gotta be Christian Shepard. Um, I'd fuck Kate. I mean, again, there's, there's very little reason not to. Um, and then I would, uh, I'd kill Christian Shepard. Um, so that takes us into the actual power rankings this week. We haven't had a whole lot of movement. Um, just in some of our kind of third places, we've had a little bit of jockeying. We still got Kate holding strong out front with Locke bringing in second. We now have uh, Jack has passed Sun into third place. What are um, the actual point values? I'm curious as to how I, far ahead Kate is. Do we know? Um, Kate at this week is at, uh, 99 points with Locke at 88 and Jack pulling into seven with 73. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's still a horse race. We've, yeah. we've got oh, yeah. quite a few episodes to come. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, Kate has the advantage cause we all want a boner. So she yeah, gets a lot that's of the, true. Uh, fuck votes. <laughs> yeah, she does. Um, the bottom of the barrel. I mean, I give you guys one guess. Well, it's Shannon. Shannon? Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then we've actually got uh, Michael and Sawyer have uh, have swapped positions. Uh, Michael is now in Giggity. second from the bottom and Sawyer is pulling up. He's now uh, only third from the bottom. So we're seeing uh, Shannon hold steady. Michael continue to drop at the polls and Sawyer starting to uh, earn some of those brownie points back. Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's really going to be fun to follow the trajectory of some of these characters because it definitely they. uh Flip around who's good, who's bad, who we love, who we hate. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess I think now it'll we... also, I think honestly, it'll also be interesting when we get to the end of this, se- uh, this season and we still find out that like Randy is still somehow like one of the, one of the, the bottom three or something like that because <laughs> we have a tendency well, to just glom onto characters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Randy Nations. Randy, oh God, yeah. Randy Nations. It was Randy Douchebag Nations, wasn't that it? Yes. Wasn't that his full name? Yeah, yep. and Randy funny enough, Thomas, Thomas was, got the douchebag title, too. I guess yeah, that's about yeah. the worst you can be as a douchebag. Yes, yeah. it is. We might have to have it a is. new... Uh, there might have to be a, a new flavor. Of, maybe, or something. Yeah. We might have to have a new flavor of power rankings for, like, these sort of one-off characters that we just despise. Well, well, Yeah. I mean, we can reassess after season one to see uh, if there are any changes we want to make uh, to the to the um, you know yeah procedure. Why was it so Rankings. hard for me to come up with that word? Um, okay, yeah. So uh, let's um, do some final impressions. How about Ben? Do you want to tell us what you think of this episode? I mean, it's a, it's an episode about daddy issues, so you know it kind of rings true to me in a lot of ways. Um, I think this is the you know, you've always seen Jack as being like highly driven and sort of motivated by something beyond sometimes what's rational. Um, and this is, I think was where you see it because like you said, he was in an impossible position where he was partially responsible for somebody's death. And the reason why that happened was because his father was the one who did it. And then he had to cover for his father. So he ends up, you know, having the guilt on him of, of this woman dying and then the guilt of covering it up, even even for a time, and then the guilt of not cover, you know, of of basically ratting out his father in a way. So he's he ends up coming to this island like saddled with all of this regret and all of this guilt, which is probably why you see him, um, you know, drinking 
when the, when this whole thing starts out. So I think it, it really kind on of on the puts, plane you mean yeah, and like yeah. pocketing the bottles and stuff. Yeah, and right, you see like point, and his, and his really father know. did the same thing. You know, his father bottomed out in, in Australia or whatever. So he, uh, you, you kind of stop. That's what I was just trying to say is that at this point, we still don't know what happened to his father in Australia. So you need to stop talking about it. <laughs> he had a heart attack and died because of right. the stripping. I mean, we, yeah. The coroner said. Yeah. I guess the coroner did say that. What I was going to say is we don't know the story. We do get the Correct. actual like story later. No. But I guess you're right. The coroner said said yeah, as the, much. The coroner so, said yeah. that he had okay, been, right. he had been drinking. Alcohol. Okay. So okay. he's sort right. of following. Yeah, and even, even though he like, you know, you see him sort of kind of following in his father's footsteps in a way. And I think that's, that's sort of where this sort of desperation in him comes and where his, where his drive comes from. So I like this episode a lot because it puts him into, it kind of puts him in, into frame a little bit. Yeah. I'll go next and I'll kind of actually build off yours because we had, we said a lot of the same stuff um, about this, but one of the interesting things like about, about Jack and learning about the relationship with his father and who he is um, like the episode frames it very much like Jack without his father being who he was, he may not have been driven to be this like incredible, you know, surgeon and all around hero, good guy, ethical guy. But then, you know, when it comes down to it, in order to really be that guy, um, he has to reject who his father is and and separate himself from that, he has to sacrifice his father to be, you know, the man that he wants to be, which is, yeah, uh, really fascinating themes and big ethical issues. Um, and so, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good episode because of that. Um, and then also. The hatch, the hatch. I'm really excited, guys. <laughs> All right. Christy, how about you? Um, <clears throat> I thought it was a great episode. Um Ethan just terrifies me. Where where the hell did he take Claire? Um, I also have daddy issues. Um, so, you know, that was odd for me. Um, but yeah, I'm wondering why they stopped looking for Claire and now they're just like, oh, what's what's this in the ground? You can come back to that. Go fucking find Claire. Yeah, that so. is kind of weird that they sort of abandoned the search for that but it just uh, that's a that's a lock thing right i mean he decides what is important and there's really no telling I remember him when jack was trapped in the cave he didn't go help he was still skinning that boar yeah that's right he's locked can do what the yeah. fuck he wants to do yeah he's not worried about it yeah jack's well, the one who's like oh let me run and help yeah besides Locke is going to be a bit busy a bit busy with with he and boone laying the wood on you you know right so, that's right I am actually, I'm boning them in the jungle now. So they have other things to do, namely me. Um, Derek, final impressions? What questions do you have? It's called the hatch. Uh, that's the answer to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a really good episode. I mean, it kind of it explains kind of Jack's, why he goes all out with everything. Like, you know, because he didn't want it to happen again, not again. You know what happened with his father and the fact that kind of his father's thing to make him a tougher man backfired on him because it took a really tough person to rat your dad out i mean yeah i, I personally couldn't imagine because i never i didn't have, i don't have daddy issues but you know i just got along well with my father because your father because so your father was cool 
Yeah, he was. He was fucking cool. Um, <laughs> so uh, my biggest questions were, well, one of them was, what is the metal plate? But Lacey already answered that. <laughs> Thanks, so I'll go Lacey. Another one, which is, why do they want Claire? What do they want with her so yeah, bad? Why do they want Claire? I think it's got something to do with her baby. <laughs> yes. It does appear that way. All right, Derek. Well, I, uh, yes, I told you, you know, it's, they begin to refer to it as the hatch, but there is a lot surrounding that. Uh, well, that's that one of the few not- things I heard about this show before I even watched it was something about a hatch. The hatch, the hatch right, and a monster. A- that's the two things I knew about the show. Yeah, 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 definitely. In within like the pop culture of the time, those were the things that you were going to hear about. Uh, and numbers. The hatch, like early on, and the numbers, right? Of course, they're all um, basically so- like almost main characters. The hatch. The numbers, the monster. Pretty much, know. yeah. The others. The others are, are like mm-hmm. a collective uh, like character. The island as itself. Well. The island is definitely a character. A character. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, yeah, we're getting further into this show, deeper into the, the overall themes, getting to know the characters better. Uh, the questions that you have, Derek, are ones that will be mostly answered, even if not right away. Um, next week. We're already the last episode 12. I had to pause and look because I had forgotten that we had uh, said 11 just an hour ago. Um, it's my episode. It's Kate. It's me, Lacey. Uh, it is called Whatever the Case May Be. And we're going to learn some more about Kate and more about this island. And I guess we'll see you then. All right. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Lost in My 40s is a Space Bear Media production. Executive produced and edited by me, Lacey J. Sound engineering, editing, and original music by Benjamin Trim. Like and follow Lost in My 40s on Facebook to interact with your hosts. Plus, follow Space Bear Media on YouTube to watch our episode pre-shows. You can also find us at Space Bear underscore media on Instagram and Twitter. Or... Come to our website, spacebearmedia.com.